Welcome to an AONN Plus podcast event created to provide a platform to engage and inform membership on relevant topics which impact your professional practice. The focus is on the AONN Plus eight domains of knowledge. This podcast will highlight the Navigator Pledge that was developed in 2017. As a navigator, I pledge my head to share knowledge for informed decision making, my heart to empower advocacy and loyalty, my hands to deliver compassion and remove barriers, my hope to embrace and preserve quality of life. Navigators have within themselves the inner strength, the power, and the fortitude to do what is needed for patients. They should never doubt their abilities, knowledge, or willpower to make things happen. Thank you for joining us as we honor the Navigators, special people that make a difference in the lives of those around them. Hello, and thank you for joining us today for our podcast on professional roles and responsibilities within leadership. I'm Kendra Barber. I'm a Navigation Director with Sarah Cannon. I'm an oncology nurse by background, and I've had the pleasure to serve in oncology leadership for over the last 10 years. I've always been passionate about leadership within our navigation community as part of our commitment to our mission and a commitment to our patients. So I'm definitely excited about our topic today, and I'm excited to be joined by Mary to explore the topic further. Hi, Kendra. It's good to join you today. My name is Mary Buffington. I am the owner of the Burnout Ward. I help nurses with their career as a burnout coach. And I think this is such an amazing topic. As a coach, I frequently work with nurses on developing their personal leadership style. And as a former navigator, there's also so many opportunities for cancer navigators to be powerful leaders, both in their organization and in their programs. Today, Kendra and I are going to address three questions that come up a lot for navigators and their leaders. Kendra, do you want to go ahead and take it away with the first question? Yes, Mary. Our first question is, how do you have a good working relationship with your leader? I love that question so much. When you are in a navigator role, you need to start viewing yourself as the leader of your program and view yourself as having the best ideas for solutions. Because when you think about it, you're the person that is the boots on the ground. You're the person that has the first view of what's going on with your patients. So if there is a problem going on with your program, I highly recommend going forward with solutions instead of complaints to your leader. Your director, your manager, whatever the role is of the person that you are working with in your leadership, you really want to think about them as being your teammate, being your person that can sort of help you solve things, not just a person that should be coming forward and fixing everything. So whenever I worked with my leaders, I'd always make sure I brought solutions and ideas and not just brought a problem to them to solve, because I knew that I would be able to look at the solution from all sides and be able to bring something that would be more appropriate for my navigation program. I believe this really helps working with my leader because then we were able to work as a team and really solve the problem. The other thing is I believe in taking initiative and really function at a high autonomous role. As I said earlier, you really are the expert when it comes to your navigation program. You're really the person that's going to know what the best solutions are. And so when you really sort of step into that idea that you know what you're doing, this will help you guide your program. 
And finally, I believe in having empathy for your leader. Our leaders are people too. And as I said earlier, they're going to look for us to be the best person to know what's going on with our program and know what's going to be the best solutions and ideas to bring forward. So don't look at them as being the know-all of everything for your program, but instead look at them as being your team mate when you are running a navigation program. Kendra, I'd love to hear your thoughts and your viewpoints from this. So my philosophy on why it's important to have a good working relationship with your leader is that positive relationships lead to positive outcomes. So I guess the next question would be, from a leadership perspective, how do we develop, nurture, and sustain a positive relationship between a leader and their team? Well, the answer is trust. There's a trust acronym that I heard a while back that's valuable to use when you're trying to build trusting relationships. So trust, T-R-U-S-T. The first letter T is for transparency. Transparency is all about accountability through communication. Your team wants to know about the health of your program and not only how the program is doing operationally, but they want to be successful in their individual roles as navigators within the program. Because of that, feedback is important. Criticism that is constructive is important and also part of that transparency. The next letter is R. R is for respect. Not a lot of elaboration needed on that one, but one form of respect is listening. Know that great leaders are also good listeners. The next letter is U. U is for unity. We're all here to work together towards one vision. So let's roll up our sleeves and get it done together. So whether our team is in the trenches during times that may feel like a struggle or we're cheering together when we meet our goals, just know that a team that can struggle together and succeed together is a team that is united. The next letter is S, and S is for show. As in show them that you care. We all as individuals want to be valued. We want to know that what we do matters. So get to know your navigators as individuals and find out what they care about. When you're making important decisions, ask for their input. And of course, when they do well, praise their wins. Okay, we're at the last one, T. And T is for trust building activities. Everybody loves a good team building activity, right? Keyword being good. When you enjoy the people you work with, you're happier at work. And when you're happier at work, you're more productive at work. Which brings me to the next question, Mary. What are creative ways to promote teamwork and collaboration? I really love how you brought up about good activities because that is very important when it comes to team building exercises. And I was very fortunate in my last navigation job to work with an amazing group of navigators and we had an amazing director. And I do believe the team building exercises that were sort of planned played a big role in how well we worked together and how cohesive we were as a team. Here's a couple simple things to think about when you're planning team building exercises, whether you're a leader or you're the person on your team that recognizes, hey, we have a problem and we need to find a way that we can come back together. I believe this has been particularly challenging during COVID as well, when teams 
have been working more remotely or else pulled into different departments to support those departments during this time. And now as we go back a little bit more to the new normal, I'm using air quotes here, you want to first off think about rule number one being that it needs to be within hours. There are so many of us that have responsibility and obligations outside of our work life. For instance, there's people that have children. They have elderly parents that they're taking care of, or they might be going to school to further develop their career. We need to respect our colleagues' time. And I have to tell you, it can create resentment if you constantly are planning things outside of office hours and expecting people to attend. The next thing I recommend is working with a diverse quality of life team with people that have different ideas of fun. You're definitely going to have people that want that warm, fuzzy feelings of let's be friends and talk about all our problems. And then you're going to have people that are just going to be, no, I want to keep my work at work, my home at home. I need to have that boundary. It's better for my mental health and sanity. So you want to think about what's easy and organic. What happened with my team that I thought was really well is everything was planned within office hours, usually at the end of a meeting, we would leave an hour or so for us to bond and talk and spend time together, especially since my navigation team worked in different facilities throughout Denver, Colorado. We didn't get to see each other frequently, except for the person that might be at our own facility. So prior to COVID, we would do things such as we got together and actually did bowling during the end of our meeting. And that way, when people were done, they could go and it was no big deal. During COVID, something that I thought was really cool is we had our wonderful quality of life team get together and come up with the idea to get those painting kits that you can get at Michael's for about like $10, $15. And we were painting. Now, I have to tell you, we thought it'd be like an hour project. I was working on that thing for days after. So it gave me some little stress relief and it was something unique. A lot of people like to sort of build their wellness ideas and quality of life activities around happy hours and alcohol. I really recommend to be very careful about doing that because you never know someone's background and what they've been around. And you could create a situation where you're isolating someone if they don't drink or if they have a person or family member that has a challenge with alcohol. So think about these things when you are developing team building exercises. I think that if you follow the two rules of making it something within hours and you're making it something easy and organic based on what different activities people find to be enjoyable, you will see that it will be more cohesive for your team and it'll be easier for people to bond. Kendra, I'd love to hear your viewpoint on this, especially since you're looking at this more as a director and it's very important for your role to have a team that gets along. Sure, Mary. And I definitely need to look into those painting kits. Sounded like a lot of fun. So when thinking of creative ways to promote teamwork, my philosophy would be to pull from the energy your team is giving at that time. There are so many team building activities out there, but dig into your team building activity toolbox and consider the ones that you feel is what your team needs at that time and also fits their personalities. Let me explain a little bit further about team energy. And I'll use the last year of navigating within the COVID-19 pandemic as an example. 
So when the pandemic first hit, my team had to quickly transition to a remote navigation platform at work while also personally being concerned about the health of themselves and the health of their loved ones. So our team energy wasn't initially up at that time. Actually, it was down. We experienced fear, we experienced nervousness, and of course, we had some anxiety. So at that time, we pulled team building activities that focused on uplifting and inspiring the team. Fast forward to now, although we're still operating in somewhat of a hybrid of a remote platform, our team energy is up. So now we're pulling team building activities that bond us as a team, but we're also trying to have fun. We want to laugh and have a good time. One final note around this, know that different members of the team can lead these activities. It doesn't always have to be the designated leader of the team. This, Mary, is where the creativity comes from because we get fresh ideas when different people are being brought to the table to help lead and plan these sessions together. All right, Mary, what's the third question? All right, this is a good one, Kendra. How do you handle navigation growth? Good question. Let's see. I handle professional growth within my navigation team by having those growth conversations all the time. As a navigation leader, I feel that it's part of my role to advocate for growth of navigators, which is really just a bonus because I love to see it happen anyway. Professional development is something that should be encouraged and is something that should be supported. However, it's also important to understand that growth means different things to different people. So find out what growth means to your navigator at that time of their career and how you can be supportive. After having those conversations, it'll lead to the leader finding out how they can support the navigator and how they want to grow. So for example, do we need to provide stretch assignments? Do we need to get that navigator connected to a mentor? Do we want to expose that navigator to different areas within the organization to get some additional experience with different leaders, uh, different departments within the workplace? If we have a navigator that wants more responsibility in the area that they want to grow in, I think it's important as a leader to provide that guidance, provide that mentorship in that area. And when they have a good handle on it, the leader kind of gets out the way and provide them an opportunity to shine. And in the end, when that navigator leaves the team because they have an opportunity to grow professionally, as leaders, we're nothing but excited and we're super proud to have had the opportunity to support them on the professional journey. Mary, what are your thoughts about professional growth within navigation? I love this topic so much. <laughs> this is something I work on a lot with my clients as well. And I have to tell you something that when I was a navigator, I did not use to the level I should have was my annual evaluation. I don't know about anyone that's listening to this and Kendra, you might've had this experience as well, but annual evaluations was a painful time for me. I did not know how to use them. I did not know what I should put down. I like 
put the dumbest things down, like get to know my colleagues better or silly things like that versus actually thinking about where do I want to be and what are the things I want to work on? I didn't really figure this out until my last role that, hey, you could actually use this as a tool to make connections, network, and grow. So when you think about your annual evaluation, you want to really think about this as being your career roadmap. This is about you. It doesn't have to be about what your navigator directors or manager's goals are. It's about where you want to go, what you want to develop into. And this is something I actually work on with one of my clients. She does not like doing her annual evaluations because she's at the point in her career, she's not looking to grow up the ladder. She's towards the end of her career and she's looking to really stabilize things and really do things for herself. And so we actually focus on what are some things she wants to learn? What are things that she wants to develop? For instance, she wants to grow and she's looking at doing an aromatherapy course to help her patients, which is an opportunity to bring personal development in. But again, thinking about your career roadmap, a lot of times we think about as being a vertical growth where we want to move up a structure, where we want to become a manager, director, maybe move into a higher level role in operations somewhere. But you can actually think about it in two ways. You can think about vertical growth and horizontal growth. If you're looking to move outside of navigation, are you looking to maybe be a, for instance, a director of a service line, like the cancer service line, or becoming someone that is overseeing a committee or a coordinator for a program And so, again, you want to think about it as being either horizontal or vertical. So horizontal means moving at the same level, and then the vertical is moving more vertically up the structure within your role. But I'd like to offer for people that aren't looking to move outside of their role because they're really happy in navigation, there's a lot that you can do to grow and expand within your role. Some of the things that I did that I really liked doing was I was someone that enjoyed presenting and I talked about different topics at one of the local conferences and at ONS society meetings. I also wrote articles for the AONN Conquer magazine and presented abstracts at AONN conference. So these are just a couple of ideas. And I also looked for places that needed my knowledge For instance, I spoke at nursing schools, and I have to tell you, there are so many nursing students that have no idea what navigation is, and that breaks my heart so much because I really feel that I found myself within navigation. It doesn't matter if you're a nurse navigator or a patient or lay navigator, there is opportunities for you to still reach out and speak at different organizations and tell people about this amazing career path that they might not even be aware exists. And even though in our minds, everyone should know what a navigator is, there's a lot of people that don't. And this can be a place that you can really step into that leadership and be that expansive person that's sort of sharing your background, your experience, what you do, and really making a difference. Because who knows, you could even be the person that says something to someone that they have a family member that's going through cancer And they basically put pressure on an organization saying, hey, we want a navigator for our family member. And maybe they'll start looking into that. So these are just some ideas about how you could handle growth personally, whether you're looking to move out of your role as a navigator into something else, 
or you want to stay in your role and just expand and grow and really develop yourself and be the best navigator that you can be. Kendra, I'm going to turn it over to you. And if you have any thoughts or any closing thoughts, go ahead and jump in. Thank you, Mary, and all great points on navigation growth. And with that last question, that wraps up our discussion for today. To our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our podcast on professional roles and responsibilities within leadership. If we could give one piece of advice to all of you, it would be that you are all leaders. In the words of Cory Booker, leadership is not a position or title. It is action and example. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Mary Buffington. And if you're a nurse that's really struggling with your career and you're looking for a new opportunity or looking for more confidence in your current role, you can reach out to me at burnoutward.com. I work with nurses and really help them figure out where they want to go and what they want to do with their career. Thank you for joining AONM Plus and today's engagement with key knowledge leaders to enhance your navigation practice or program. Please visit aonnonline.org for other navigation tools, education, and best practices to advance the role of patient navigation in cancer care across the care continuum.